On the 12th day of Christmas, my sport block sent to me. So here we are, Shuey, our final day. That's right, episode 12, 12 assholes talking. <laughs> and by 12, I mean two. Yes. And by two, I mean just me. Anyway, in all seriousness, day 12 is drummers drumming. And we're ending it all with some perfect levity as we look at music in the world of sport. Now, there's a few different things we'll cover today. It's not exhaustive, of course. We'll cover more stuff in the future as well, I'm sure. But first things first, a friend started listening recently and commented on our episode with the Ginger Assassin. Now, we discussed a whole range of things, including a number of tennis players and their, well, dubious foray into the world of music. Let's throw to that now. So <laughs> did, did you guys know about this song by the Bryan Brothers Band? They're the, the oh, Bryans, the, the, double, the, yeah, the, doubles, yeah, yeah. the most successful doubles beating the Woodies. So they've got this song called Autograph, right? It is okay. fucking terrible. Anyway, let me read some of the lyrics. Right, Bob Bryan. See the little girl with the Sharpie in her hand. She's walking my way, ignoring her man. Waited two hours to see me move. Now give me that pen and feel the groove. Oh, that is ridiculous. Oh, it gets worse. Mike Bryan. So you got your autograph. Now what are you going to do? Take it to the beach or use it at the zoo? (laughs) Sounds like (laughs) Dr. Zeus. (laughs) (laughs) Or put it on the web to make a little money. These autographs, they're pretty funny. Now, Novak, you, you gave me my opening. From Melbourne to Paris, London to New York, the fans start flocking when I step off the court. My name is the Joker and I sign with a smile. Get me some water. I'll be here a while. Ooh. And then what? finally, Andy Murray, you've got to, you've got to seek this out. It's piss funny, eh? Like Andy yeah, Murray's read is, it's the worst rap you've ever heard in your life. During Wimbledon, it gets me crazy. My hand cramps up and my mind gets hazy. I sign and sign, but the line doesn't end. Wake me up tomorrow and let's do it again. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Maybe you can air guitar to that one. Al, I want to see you air guitar into that one in Finland. Oh my god. That's the I'll tell you what, if I if I buddy air guitar to that in uh in Finland, I'd I'd be having to beat it for the rest of my life because uh... (laughs) that'd be it. You'd be done. Absolutely done. That is hilarious. Now, quick. Oh my uh, God, Andy Murray. He's actually a normally a witty guy. I reckon his publicist wrote that. That's that's. No, I can't accept what's Andy Murray. No, nah. it's 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 certainly not Brian Adams. It's definitely the Brian Brothers. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Dear Lord. And there's more shooing. So, funnily enough, in doing my research for this, as far as sports people entering the world of music, I think tennis players are the worst. I think they do it more than anyone. So we spoke about Caroline Wozniacki in episode two of our 12 days. She did a song, Oxygen, featuring Garbine Muguruza, oh. who really likes to dance. She does a lot of dancing, Garbine. Gar- well, she's, yeah, she's yeah. Spanish, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Spanish yeah. do like to dance. It is, well, let's just say there's three minutes 34 of my life I'll never get back. Is it worth watching with the sound off? Uh, if you like the dancing. They're both decent looking women, but, <laughs> you know, cards on the table. It's way better with the sound off. There is so much fucking auto-tune in there, you can't even hear her voice. Right, okay. Yeah, and I think the word oxygen might be mentioned 750 times. So it's oxygen thief, basically. Yeah, it's pretty poor. And because there's two of them, I guess, we call it double fault. <laughs> it was a double fault. Mm. It really was. On the other side of things, Yank Noah, the father of Joachim Noah, of course, who played in the NBA, he's released a whole bunch of things. He can actually carry a tune. Okay. Now, I can't speak French, so I don't know what the fuck he was saying, but he could actually carry a tune. Interesting. Okay. There's a bunch of people that have released entire albums. 
So Paul Robeson played in the very early NFL. He released an album. Chris Ledoux played in minor league baseball. Okay, that's not quite as much. I'm waiting for the best one of all. Well, Deion Sanders did an, an entire album. Not that one. Okay, what what are you what are you saying? Terry Bradshaw. Did Terry Bradshaw do a whole album? A whole album. Mm-hmm. Oh, tell me about this. I don't know about this. I haven't listened to it. I've seen the front cover of it. It looks interesting to say the least. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's as 70s as it gets. So this is similar to the Deion Sanders thing. Clearly, they're releasing things at the height of their fame because you can tell he's probably just not too far off one of his many Super Bowls there. Well, can you tell how little he gave a shit considering the title of the album is Until You? Until you what, Terry? Yeah, until you take a photo where Terry's actually smiling on the cover. Yeah, That's first take stuff, isn't it? He seriously looks like he's being interrogated by police. He's got that look of... He looks like he's just listened to Carolyn Wozniacki's song, actually. A look of, they, I think they know, but they don't know where the knife is, but <laughs> where the bodies are. They'll being. never know. <laughs> like, you know. If I just keep this up, it, oh, yeah, no, nah, it's not great. Manny Pacquiao can sing in tune. Now, he's not the best in the world, but he's he's certainly better than some. He did, uh, I listened to Sometimes When We Touch. He did uh, a thing uh, with a guy called Dan Hill. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was talking about him. This whole thing's going downhill. (laughs) Speaking of which, I just found another Terry Bradshaw. (laughs) Lights of Louisiana. At least he's smiling in that one. With his my lovely, lovely, lovely horse. (laughs) Some some, uh, some absolute shockers. There's another one. Gator Gospel Series with Terry Bradshaw and Jake Hess. All right, that's homework. We're going to have to listen to a bit of Terry Bradshaw. But yeah, the Deion Sanders one. So I watched a video clip of one of them called Must Be The Money. Yeah, not very good. Yeah, maybe stick to professional sports and coaching. Should be called must be for the money. Yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And that, of course, makes me think of all the basketball. Now, I didn't really look at the basketball stuff, but I remember you saying when we talked to Woody and Robbie, I can't remember if it was in one of the episodes or when we were just hanging out with them, that you used to have Shaq's first album. I did. Or first and only, maybe. No, 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 he's got numbers. He's got multiple, He's he's got a number, but uh, yeah, I just, I remember so vividly the first two cassettes I got when I was a kid. Boom Shake the Room by DJ Jazzy Jeff, ah, Fresh Prince, who's another massive basketball fan. Yeah, yep. He yep. loves that. And the other one was I Know I Got Skills by one Shaquille O'Neal. And I was never really a massive rap or R&B guy growing up. I was kind of more just, as most people are as kids, into whatever was on, you know, rage, Top rage. 40, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of the pop stuff. But it was just something about that Shaq song that really drew me in. And I'm not sure if it was because I knew Shaq was awesome at basketball as well. And I kind of wondered, how, how could he be so good at more than one thing? And I did. I got listening to that. He's got a number of albums that are, are quite good. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So, yeah, I think that was a song that really shaped a bit of my early music taste. And I kind of started listening to Cypress Hill and a few other bands like that as well. Obviously, we listened to a lot of metal growing up yes, as well. Yes, Metallica yeah, nuts. Yeah. Metallica and Pantera and a few of the others. But, but yeah, one album that absolutely blew me away was B-Ball's Best Kept Secret. It's a compilation of songs You've got NBA players like J.R. Ryder and Cedric Sabalos and Dana Barros, Gary Payton. There's a ton more. It's an absolute cracker of an album. There are some guys in there that really surprised me with their skills. Dana Barros in particular, very, very good. Well, as far as the playing level is concerned, he maybe wasn't as good as some of the other players. So the minute you read that, it made me wonder if maybe he was one of the best singers <laughs> or the best rappers. He yeah. was very, very good. Cedric Sabalas was quite good as well. I really liked his stuff as well. I and mean, if you like rap at all and you haven't heard this thing, I would highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, if it's on Spotify. I mean, you can get all of the songs on YouTube anyway. So if you do want to check it out, even if you're not a big rap fan, it's kind of interesting to go back and see what sort of talent these guys had off the court as well. 
So that was kind of our idea. But then much like you pivoted on the five golden rings, I did a bit of a pivot here too, because I wanted to talk about, I guess, music and sport. They don't have to be sports stars. So obviously Prince Super Bowl 41 halftime show in 2007, him shredding to Purple Rain in the pouring rain at Dolphin Stadium is a really strong memory for mine. And the whole crowd is singing along. It's a really great performance. It's and the greatest Super Bowl. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. And it's commonly at the top of people's yeah, lists. Yeah, it's fantastic. It really is great. And the Colts beat the Bears 29-17. So as a Colts fan, that was a really perfect morning for me. But then I guess on the flip side of that, we've got the famous meatloaf story. Just quickly, I, I did want to just talk just quickly about those those halftime performances. Well, I was gonna I was gonna allude to meatloaf and come back anyway. So you're on my train of thought here. Well, I just wanted to talk about, I guess, my favourite one that I had. And it kind of goes back to what I was just sort of talking about. It's the the 2022, which was, funnily enough, I think the first Super Bowl that I came to with your group. Oh, yeah, down at the Inglewood, yep. Yeah. And it was this incredible lineup of, you know, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Eminem and Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, that was with the house, wasn't it? it Were they, yeah. It was the most incredible setup. You had so many different portions of this dedicated to each different person the performances were fantastic it just it was incredible it was one of the most amazing things i've ever seen and for me it's right up there not quite as good as the prince one but pretty close marvin gay had a really good national anthem i want to say in the late 80s i think at an all-star game he had a really good one and then on the flip side now you and i talked about the famous fergie one i've got to admit i re-watched it the other night it's not as bad as i remember yeah okay it's bad <laughs> i'm gonna it's take, bad it's bad i'm gonna take your word for it because i'm not gonna go back and watch that again <laughs> except to maybe watch all the players laughing yeah lives. so it's funny enough it's the warriors players steph curry and draymond they can barely withhold their laughter it's quite funny mm. yeah it's, it was just weird though because like it's like this jazzy slow kind of cocktail lounge just it's just weird and then at the end, there's a bit of vocal aerobics that kind of goes a bit askew. And yeah, I can see your face. You know exactly. Yeah, a bit Vincent askew. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah. All I'm envisaging is one of those large coiled turds with a ribbon wrapped around it. Just <laughs> trying to present a turd as something that it's not, basically. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. You got any others or I'll bring up this meatloaf story? Probably the other really bad one is the Carl Lewis National Anthem. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like I'm all for people giving it a go. But he is so far past bad, it's not funny. This is one of those ones where if you were at a karaoke night and somebody sung like that, they'd probably get the largest round of applause because... They're so bad, yeah. yeah. Karaoke nights, you know how it is, like, if you're amazing or if you're really shit... That's you're, you're almost frowned upon if you're too amazing. But you're, you're but also, yeah, yeah. also frowned upon if you're, like, decent yeah, but yeah. not amazing as well. So I, I think you know, if you hold the tune and you nail all the notes, people will be like, okay, respect, that's awesome. But it's just as much fun to have and you someone... can't nail any notes. Yeah. And that I... takes skill too. Yeah. I think Carl Lewis nailed all the notes, but just in the wrong order. <laughs> like way out of order. Uh, I just remembered another one. Do you remember this is this would be on the nice list if it happened this year? Do you remember when that girl had stage fright? I want to say in the playoffs. And Morris Cheeks came onto the court, put his arm around her and helped her finish the national anthem. Do you remember oh. that one? That was no. a really nice one, yeah. I was going to say, he didn't do it himself? Because I know he's, he was the king of steals. <laughs> you were, good point. No, no, he kind of helped. I think they sang together. I think he held the okay. microphone. It was really nice because she was about maybe 13, 14, I think, from memory. She, she clearly, she just kind of, I think she got the lyrics or something. It was just a really nice gesture. He yeah. was pretty good at assists as he well. Was, so he was, he was, yeah. That's right. Very nice, very yeah. nice. But anyway. Do oh. you know, do you know, sorry, this is not sport related at all, but 
one of the real heartwarming things that I, and I, again, if people haven't seen this, it's not sport related, but I'd highly recommend checking it out. You know, Lewis Capaldi, the Scottish. Yep. So there was a, an incident fairly recently where he was performing and he has a really bad case of Tourette's at times. And he ended up with one of these ticks where he just couldn't get the words out and the whole crowd just absolutely sing just sing along. And it, like, it, it's one of those ones that brings you almost to tears. Yeah, right. You can just see he wants to perform so badly, but the fact that his crowd is doing I Oh, there you go. I'll check that one out. Sure. I'm not sure. I've seen that one. Uh, so, okay. Some 20 years after Angry Anderson was slowly driven in the Batmobile across Waverley to waltzing Matilda, he did also later sing Bound for Glory after a brief speech from Robert D. Costello about the upcoming Barcelona Olympics. I've got to say, he wasn't spectacular either. It's got to be said. The Eagles were thumped by a 55-odd by Hawthorne. Why would you bring that up? Do you even no, remember? No, it's so long ago. Are you, you kidding? Do you even remember? Are you kidding? 91. I, oh, okay. No, I, I remember. That was like the first year I got into footy. Ah, okay. I, will okay. Admit, I, I thought was, it might have been a bit early. I, will admit, I wasn't listening. And I thought you meant the one that we got thumped in like 2014 no, or, I know. or 2015. <laughs> but uh, but no, I do remember 91 and it, because I remember it making 92 and 94. Yeah. Not as sweet because we didn't beat Hawthorne, but you know. But anyway, so some 20 years after this is the debacle that is meatloaf. Now, there's a really interesting story behind it. I saw an interview that Andrew Demetrio did with Chompers 10 years after the fact. So this is a 2011 grand final, 14-ish minutes of hell on a stage perched in the crowd. And I've got to say, actually, I find Andrew Demetrio very affable and I actually quite like him. I might like not like every decision he ever made as the head honcho at the AFL, but he's a very affable, interesting guy, I think. Can yeah. you name one person who you've never disagreed with a decision? Well, of course. This yeah. is the thing. Like, yeah. You're never going to agree with everything you you can't please all the people all the time. Now, funnily enough, a guy that you brought up in episode four, Lionel Richie, he'd previously had a win with him because the previous year was the drawn grand final. So they only had a week to scramble to get more entertainment for the following game because normally these things are booked out months in advance. Mm-hmm. So he he was mate, so he had a connection with Michael Gadinsky, obviously, may he rest in peace, but a massive name in Australian music, a massive promoter and often helped with the AFL. And he actually suggested him Lionel Richie at short notice. And Andrew was like, fuck yeah, let, let's do it. I'm all about it. And apparently everyone around the table were like, oh, does anyone know who Lionel Richie is? Like, oh. And he was like, no, 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 it'll be great. Let's get Lionel Richie. I feel like he's one of those guys where a lot of people would actually know a lot more of his songs than they realise. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of artists like that. But yeah, yeah. yeah I feel yeah. like he's one of those ones where you would hear a few songs and be like... Oh my God, that's him? Well, even Easy, a song that was popularised for our generation by Faith No More, was him and the Commodores. Ah, okay. Easy Like Sunday Morning, I yeah. Didn't, I didn't know that. So that there was you him. go. I just made your point. I knew it was a cover, but I didn't know yeah, that it was yeah. him. There you go. Yeah. Funnily enough, that grand final, Geelong thumped Collingwood by 40 odd after the draw. They went 22 that season. Collingwood went 19 and 3 in the home and away season that year. That's incredible. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So anyway, so funnily enough, during that performance of Lionel Richie, JB and Gary Lyon are like, oh, it's a bit underwhelming, isn't it? And it's funny because Andrew Demetrio reflects on it as being quite a success. I thought it was okay, kind of middle of the rage. But Gary Lyon was like, oh, I wish it was meatloaf instead. Oh, dear. But isn't that classic? So the following year, he got his wish. Careful what you wish for, Gary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when meatloaf's name was mentioned the following year, he used his casting vote again. And he was maybe... Given he'd had success with Lionel Richie the year before, I think he is like, well, I knocked it out of the park last year. I'll back myself again. But sadly, no. No, 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 no. 
it didn't go well. And again, the people in the meeting were like, oh, meatloaf, who the hell is that? No one knows that. He must have had stuff that were 30 years younger than him or something. Yeah. Bad Out of Hell was really popular. Australia was one of the countries that helped make it really big, actually. And the song I Would Do Anything for Love, which, by the way, his performance of was... Probably one of the worst performances. It was like listening to a cat dying a very, very, very slow death. What was the deal with that? Was he drunk or high? Well, this is the interesting thing. He'd suffered cardiac arrest on stage in Pittsburgh only a couple of weeks earlier. Oh, wow. And had some shaky kind of moments in the lead up, even kind of the, the few days leading up. So he was also a really great sport. He did the press conferences. He did the photos of him handballing the ball and tackling Demetriou. And he was a good sport about it. But also in the press conference, someone was like, so will you be a Cats or a Pies person? And then someone's phone rings and he's like, uh, uh, exactly that. Yeah, that. Uh, uh, I'll be eating cat pie. He didn't even, <laughs> he didn't even fucking know who the, who the teams were. Yeah, that's what he said. I'll be eating cat pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so very awkward. <laughs> so, yeah, there were some warning signs. And I believe he came back to finish that show in Pittsburgh, by the way which is pretty crazy. Wow. Okay, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and of course, I talked about that story of the uh, Judas Priest guitarist who suffered one mid-solo and kept playing Yeah, <laughs> on, on our show. I do love the Priest. Now, it gets worse, Chewy. It was really rainy that day, and initially he refused to go on stage because of the weather, and he was worried about being electrocuted or something. So Dimitri <laughs> talked about stage fright. Apparently, people are, are getting in touch with Dimitri saying, Meatloaf's not going to go on. He's like, what do you mean Meatloaf's not going to go on? Like, he, he has to go on. What are we going to do? So luckily they convinced him to go on. And unlike Prince playing Purple Rain in the pouring rain, he was afraid of it. And, well, it was just terrible. It really was. The, the first song is shaky. And you think, okay, maybe maybe he's just got to scrape the rust off. No, it actually gets worse. It, it gets worse as the performance goes on. By the end of that 14 minutes, it's just, it's deplorable. Chompers asked him when he knew it turned to shit. And that was the exact quote. <laughs> and he said the second bar he said he said he started getting funny sms's from people about one and a half minutes into the performance yep and people were asking him if it was a joke and shit and michael gadinsky actually apologized to him he was like i'm so sorry about that now what's really interesting is that initially meatloaf was ragging on the afl he was saying that they treated him like shit he was telling artists to never ever come to play the halftime show all this stuff right and he was on talk shows. He was on Jonathan Ross. He was on a few different, because I've watched a few different things about this. But after being really defensive initially, he did turn around and he actually said, no, I've got to own it. I had some health issues. I probably shouldn't have agreed to it. And so he, in the end, and now may he rest in peace, he did actually kind of backtrack and apologize. So it is a nice story in the end. But uh, wow, what a train wreck. What yeah. an absolute train wreck. Absolute disaster. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting list going back and looking at, I guess, some of the people that have performed. And I think for me, the biggest one that sort of got me in terms of how they never got invited was Spider Bait. I always thought at the height of their... I'm sure they've done a grand final. I couldn't find them. Yeah, I remember time. them doing Black Betty. I remember him playing the drums. I reckon it wasn't half time, though. I reckon it was pre match. Yeah, see, I don't remember. I think they've doing... done pre match. They're not listed as doing a half time. And I... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I they did pre match one year. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen like a half hour Spider Bait yeah. thing because they, they had some incredible songs. Maybe from how Friends or Wrongs, another one that <laughs> I know we, uh, yeah, because we saw them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen them a few with, times. They're good fun. Yeah. Anyway, there's, there's a bunch of really great ones, there's a bunch of really horrible ones. 
I know one that we would disagree on is Daryl Braithwaite, or certainly half of Daryl Braithwaite. Oh, he can, he can sing. I just don't think horses are a good song. Why did you have to bring that up? Because that's listed as one of the greatest oh. ones of all time. <laughs> one Summer is fantastic. One Summer is, is great. One Summer is brilliant. Horses is overrated as fuck. Anyway, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Shui. Disagree, you, <laughs> you grinchy bastard. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for joining me on this ambitious project. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. By now on the 5th, Podcasts are probably starting to come back on and I'm sure the next time you and I get in front of a mic and we'll talk about other stuff, the second test and such. Yeah, there'll be quite a lot of stuff to talk about. There'll be more NBA, more NBL. Draymond Green will probably have come back and got suspended again. So, Oh, you've just reminded me. We talked about the Twitter follows in episode four of our 12 days. I saw NBA memes today. I had a picture of Ja Morant and Derek Rose and he said that it should be called Guns and Roses. That's good. It is, isn't it? That is good. They probably yeah. need one more Rose. They probably need to get Malik Rose. Yeah, that's true. But that's yeah. all right. Yeah. That's all right. Cool. Well, I think that's uh, it's pretty much Christmas time. Christmas is over. That's it. Back to reality.